0: Hmm? Ah! Huh.
1: Hey, everybody. I'm Rima. And I'm Peg. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Sweet
2: Tooth. This week, we are covering Episode 8, the season 1 finale of Sweet Tooth, titled Big Man.
1: What an episode!
2: <laughs> right, were, <laughs> That's were what you? It were you oh, like man. no?
1: <laughs> god,
2: I even on second watch, getting ready for the the podcast today. I'm still there's parts that I was just like bawling at, and I was like, I already know what's going on, and I still can't handle <laughs> it. Like, oh my god!
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Also, I
2: need season two immediately and i hate that i have to wait now
1: right and i don't even know like we do know just you know not quite a news item because i think we announced it um earlier uh when uh, one of the earlier episodes that we covered there is a season two Mm uh now when does that get released Eh. Don't know. <laughs> Probably uh, like another year from now is my guess. It seems to be around as long as um, there's not any delays with with shooting and things like that, like they've dealt with with production yeah. um, with many shows, as long as there aren't yeah. any major delays. I'd I think their production's
2: pretty good because they film all of this in New Zealand and Ooh, they've been pretty right. they've been pretty good on covid protocols and things. So A lot of filming productions have been taking up there because they can they can do it. They can do it
1: safely. Yeah, they can do it timely and do it safely. That's true. That's true. New Zealand's got – they've got it figured out. Yeah. Um, That's right. I forgot that that's where they were filming. So beautiful there.
2: Um, Mm -hmm. Beautiful scenery. Yeah, I noticed a couple moments in this episode where I was like, yeah, it's real hard to believe this is Colorado right now. I mean, Colorado is gorgeous (laughs) and beautiful in its own way. But I was like – but I I was like, yeah, no, that's – that's Middle Earth.
1: <laughs> it is Middle Earth. It is also um, Ancient Greece because I'm a huge Xena fan. And they ah. filmed Xena in New Zealand as well. So,
2: nice.
1: <laughs> yes, I watched Xena. Love it. Don't give me shit. It's amazing. Lucy Lawless is a badass. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we just, like, general thoughts. I don't want to get too uh, in-depth because I know we have our top five to cover. But, yeah, um, I... I'm curious like I don't like they didn't announce and maybe they just knew it and didn't publicly announce it. You know, they left this really up in the air. I think before we knew there was going to be a season two, I can't remember that exact yeah. timing, but um, I know that we, we got that while we were in the middle of covering it. Like it took them as always, Netflix seems to take a little while before they decide to announce another season. <laughs> right. Um, I can't imagine had they not went ahead and and said, yes, there's going to be a season two and then leaving the show where they did. I mean, it was quite a yeah. cliffhanger. Got a lot of things, you know, going on. Um, so yeah, good thing we are gonna kinda see where that story goes next because mm. I would have been very unsatisfied <laughs> with with where it had been left. So oh, were yeah. you That's
2: pl- a Terrible ending if there was not any more. <sighs> uh, right.
1: <laughs> so were were you happy just in general with where it landed
2: for um, now? Or Happy is a weird word to use with a lot of (laughs) terrible situations everyone finds themselves in right now. But yeah. But yeah, but no, uh, intrigued for the next season for sure. There's a lot of like things are in a really bad and dark place for all of our main favorite characters. But there's also this like tinge of hope where it's, I mean, yeah, not to get ahead of things too much, but yeah, but like our characters are set up in positions where they're like, shit sucks, but. We're making a plan and we're doing this now.
1: Right. Next steps. Plans for moving forward. Yep. I agree. Yeah. I was um, sort of satisfied that, like, okay, I feel like they, like, the story's going in this new direction and in this new place. They left it, you know, up on a cliffhanger, um, which I kind of felt that they probably would. But at the same time, feeling like, no, all this uncertainty, and now I have to wait like a whole year before we get season two. So that's kind of where I left it. Um, But I thought it was, you know, it was was a good episode all in all. We got a lot of information um, and a lot of cool things happened that I know we're going to talk about. So before we get into too much detail, let's go ahead and start with our top five. Paik, what is your, uh, at least for now... (laughs) Last number five for Sweet Tooth.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I decided to go ahead and start with Bear or uh, little, our little Becky Bear. Becky um, Bear. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of her arc and her story this episode and what she does. Because she's kind of, I mean, she's got Judy there to bounce off. You know, with her conversation with Judy, we get her backstory. But she's not with Gus and Jeff this episode. She's kind of got her own little thing going on. And it starts in like an interesting place. Which, you know, she's talking with Jep and she drops something that she says that really, I guess you wouldn't think about too much if you didn't really like, like, Oh yeah. Uh, but when Jep asked her, you know, it's was like, you know, that doesn't change anything. Does it? And just the way that she was look, like, he's like, it changes everything, almost kind of mirroring what Gus had said, but you know, she's like, no, it, it does change things. And what she really talks about is—it's a big moment for her—is you know her whole theory, what she said to Gus earlier in the season of hybrids being nature's way of setting things right, and then mm-hmm. for her to realize just it is the same time that Gus is it? No, uh, they were just created in a lab by people. It had you know nature had nothing to do with this. Uh, you know it was all scientific tomfoolery. Uh, you're at, le- at least Gus. We don't know. I mean, how hybrids became the norm for all pregnancies going forward. We still don't know. That's still still a mystery. We will uncover, but 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 the origins of everything are not what she thought it was, and it questions her. I mean, she says like, "I built an entire army based off of that belief, and now I don't know what to believe." Yeah, and it you know, it sets her really into her own mind. And with that, it kind of makes her question a lot of things or even just think on a lot of things. And that is what leads to her kind of thinking and reliving and kind of flashing back to like a lot of her childhood, you know, moments at least right around the start of the crumble mm-hmm. and what really happened. You know, this whole time she's been saying her parents were killed and murdered in cold blood. And then, Finally, she kind of comes at realization or uh, acceptance that like, no, that's not really what happened. They died of the sick like everyone else does. And yeah, the last men showed up to kind of dispose of the bodies. And she has reasons to blame the last men, wherever they took her little sister away from her and abandoned her and left her to, you know, fend for herself at six years old. Yeah. Like, it's a yeah. lot. And it's still really messed up and evil. But and she has every right to be mad at, you know, adults and the last men and the things that you know, the bad hand that she's been dealt.
1: She does. But it also
2: kind of, you know, flashes back to like, but that's just the, the world that we were in and we still are in, in cases. And, you know, I can't, you know, put all the blame on this or that. It's like, this is just the way things happened. And, uh, she's uh, all while she's talking to Judy, she's working on this satellite phone she found in the attic, which I'm not sure why she decided to fix it, but it's a good thing she did. Yeah, she's so, yeah. Clearly not sure why up. she decided, but yeah, yeah, she they- kind of was like, "I'm I'm gonna fix this thing," and <laughs> it's a good thing that she did because we see where, where that leads.
1: The yeah, gosh, kids are so great with technology, like. Mm -hmm. Just like all the kids in her army when they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we've got access to all this information. And they had like computers and some strange form of Internet or something. I don't know. We never quite figured that out. But, yeah, leave it to like the younger generation. (laughs) Yeah, leave it. Yeah. It had VR games, for crying out loud. You know, leave it to them to, you know, like or for her to figure out like how to get this satellite radio or um, satellite phone. Look like a sat phone, Um, you know, going again. (laughs) So, yeah, I kind of giggled, I was like, of course, it's the kids that figure out you know <laughs> the technology right. Um,
2: yeah, but a lot of her backstory was really interesting. Um mm-hmm. I mean, she mentioned to Gus last episode that she was adopted, and so we see, you know these like foster parents she calls them, which I was kind of like, well, foster isn't like full adoption, but kind of do you still consider them like foster parents? If they fully adopted you, I mean, yeah, I guess in some cases, but also like they're just your parents, your adopted parents at that point, but right semantics. I don't know, <laughs> I can't. But she calls them <laughs> her foster parents here. Um, but yeah, they also, I guess, had a baby that was a hybrid that was their biological child, I mm-hmm. assume, of that couple, and that is revealed to be Wendy, our very own pigtail.
1: Wendy, yeah.
2: And I was like, oh, so her bear is Wendy's older sister, which is crazy <laughs> small world stuff. And you're like, like really? But then you, it's, it's in a show like this, you're like, you know what? No, it's cool. Throw everything together because it makes it exciting.
1: Yeah, it does make it exciting. And it makes me curious. So if, um, I mean, a couple things um, just to add on to what you said in addition to, you know, w- w- what kind of like, society structure is left if you go off and you leave a little kid who's like six years old alone like she's right like she was already like an orphan she's with these foster parents these adoptive parents they die because of the sickness they take her baby sister because she's a hybrid and they're just rounding Mm -hmm. up all the hybrids in general right but then they just leave a kid to like fend for themselves. What kind of DM system is that? They don't have like any you'd kind think of they like, have like, like yeah, at like least an orphanage, they would throw her in, if yeah. anything uh, or another foster home. If that's possible. I mean, I'm guessing there's probably a shortage of, of people available, but I mean, some kind of system where you're going to just abandon a child and, and like, Oh, well, it doesn't matter if you survive or not, you know, like we're,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: it's, that was disgusting. And yeah, the last like they had this
2: like, well, you're not our problem kind of mentality. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like what the hell? Um, of
2: course they did take Wendy, but then Wendy winds up at the preserve with Amy is kind of the first one that kicks that off. And I wondered, well, was there somebody good on the inside that, and then that's the one Johnny. Hmm?
1: Hmm? Oh my God. I love that you said that because I was literally getting ready to say
2: "Hmm, Johnny.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that exact same thing. Yeah, I because how did she end up at the cause she was still a baby when she ended up at the preserve. Yeah. Um, like she hadn't aged much from the time that they took her um out of that yeah. home to that preserve. Who who knew about that place that um Amy was even there um to, to drop her off? Who did that if she was taken by the last men? They have to have somebody in there that, you know, doesn't quite agree with what they're doing and decided to rescue her. So yeah, maybe we'll um, get a little bit of that information in season two.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of questions I still have that I want in season two. Yes.
1: (laughs) That's not the only question for sure. We have many, many, but that's just one of the small ones. Like, well, how did she get there? If they took Mm her. Uh, Good. I like that. That was a good number five. Good, good way to start it off. And I liked, I liked your nickname, Becky bear.
2: Mm-hmm. It's cute.
1: Um, well, I wanted to start my number five with Abbott and Doctor Singh. Um, so we see them at their final destination there, where they, where Doctor Singh and Ronnie end up at, his, at this camp, and they immediately separate them. And you know, General Abbott like totally knew that they were lying about the cure. So oh yeah, <laughs> nothing got by him <laughs> it's at like, all.
2: I, I never said we could. <laughs> You know, I I didn't say I could confirm that I could get a cure. He's like, yeah, because you were bluffing to save your life. Duh. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, well, they didn't pull one over on him. He actually is. He might be completely evil and twisted, but he's Mm. not stupid. So Mm -hmm. he was totally in on that the whole time.
2: I guess he was just impressed by the gall to do it enough. He was like. I'm going to take him and see where this goes. See what happens.
1: Yeah. He was, he was (laughs) down for that. Just kind of messing with them. And what makes it worse is that they, you know, they're together in the same place, but they put Ronnie in a room that, you know, she can't see um, Addy at all, but he can see her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that way I feel like it's this constant reminder, right? Because Abbott tells him, he's like, you know, if you want to be reunited with her, you better get started on that cure. And we find out how evil he really is because his want for a cure is, Hey, it's not to help people. (laughs) It's instead, which I think we talked about um, Mm -hmm. a little bit, uh, his, his, his uh, lust for power, um, you know, is, but it goes even deeper because it's not about helping people and maintaining the population that they have and helping any future population because they'll have a vaccine or a cure. It's to have that power on who's going to live and die, and yeah. so that's his driving force of of you know where he's at, and what's behind him, and right.
2: he's not just evil now. He's uh in in the in the words of, to quote my favorite movie Scott Pilgrim is he's. he's evil (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: he's he's definitely got like a god complex you know that he's Mm. he's wanting to be the one to decide who lives and dies and that's this guy's got to go i know that much um yeah and i still don't we, we we don't know a lot about him in general like where did he even come from who is General Abbott was he a true general? Does he just call himself General Abbott? He's given himself this title. You know what was he before this great crumble? So I'm still really curious Mm -hmm. about him. But we do know that he's very evil based on the plans that he has. um, You know, for this cure and what he plans to do moving forward. Um, And we do see that they're able to obtain some hybrids for um, Addy to you know get the DNA that's needed, but. The caveat is he's got to extract it himself. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know. Which, of
2: course, makes sense. Abbott doesn't want to do the dirty work himself ever. It's what he he does is forces other people, manipulates other people to do what he wants.
1: Well, and I think it's a way for them to really test, you know, how far are you willing to go? How far is Addie willing to Mm go for his wife and for her freedom? You know, because it's. Yeah you know, that's the price he's gonna have to pay for his wife and her freedom is to go against everything that he believes in. And, yeah. you know, Abbott makes sure to keep her right there within eyesight of that cage. She can't see or hear him, but he can he can see her. And mm-hmm. it's just that constant reminder for Addie to be like, if I disagree, if I go against it, he can see her. Every time he probably starts to have doubts in his head about moving forward with this, you know, getting the cure and going against what everything he believes in all he's got to do is just like look over and see his wife right there yeah. trapped as a prisoner to be like and that like keeps him in check and that's like the perfect um you know th- i mean it's 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 bad but it's, it's like in, for in abbott,
2: motivation um yes
1: motivation and <laughs> abbott has set that up perfectly like he doesn't you know it's like hey you know, this is all I've got to do and that'll keep, keep him going. So he's definitely got Addie under his thumb, you know, f- for this. And it's, it was heartbreaking to see, you know, how much Addie was struggling, you know, really going against everything that he believed in to have to, you know, for the, um, to preserve, um, his wife's, um, current status any way of, of mm-hmm. you know being alive and her potential freedom should he come up with a cure doesn't sound like he's got much of a choice but um it was interesting because and i don't want to jump too far ahead on to other points i know we're going to talk about it but when we see um him in the elevator in a flashback with jeopard and yeah. addy says well you'd be surprised and i'm paraphrasing because i don't have this written down but um, yeah, i've
2: got the exact quote uh in here somewhere. Yeah. He says, you'll be surprised what you're capable of when it's for someone you love.
1: Right. Thank you. Um, Mm. so it was like, Oh wow. So not only did it apply of course, to what Jeopard was going through at the time, but definitely hit home there for Addy who, you know, is now also in that exact same position that he's, you know, willing to go against everything that he believes in to, um, save his wife well and himself too but i'm sure at this point yeah. he's he's putting his wife above himself obviously so anyway interesting situation um that we're seeing i'm sure we'll have more to talk about that whole situation and um what what we see there but you know this is their arrival um and of, c- of course we have more fun antics from from johnny so i, yeah. I feel like he they're they're placing him there just
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know on purpose so i, I just want to make that known that i feel like He's there for a reason. They keep showing him to us for a reason. So I think he might come into play in a plot point somewhere. But anyway, that's my number five. Awesome. Um,
2: That is perfect for, because that is also my number four. Awesome. um, Let's talk about it. Yeah. Like the first half of my number four is all what we just talked about was when yours, you know, is is Abbott and what he's doing with Addy. But then I go a little further into the job that Addie ends up having to do, which mm-hmm. is that Gus being captured is now the first hybrid that is brought to him. Mm. And you can see there, I mean, Gus is very much, you know, don't let him know you can talk to him. He's just trying the things he's learned, the things that he's, you know, he's, he's holding his composure the best he can.
1: Yeah. And,
2: but he's listening to to Dr. Singh. He's listening to Addy. And as he starts his, you know, you know, <laughs> captain's log um no but you know (laughs) but yeah but no he's he's very distraught about what he has to do but i mean he's resigned to doing it for the reasons we talked about
1: Mm -hmm.
2: but you know he's making note of that he's like what i'm about to do goes against everything that i believe in but anything for her and then as he's kind of looking at gus he's like well this one this one seems older than the other ones and he's more human and you can just hear him like working things out and kind of, you know, questioning what he's doing as he's like describing Gus. He's like, you can tell kind of in his head, the, the other monologues going like, what the fuck am I doing? This is not right. This is not good. I know. And he's, he's watching Gus and Gus is kind of eyeing the candy bar, but being shy and kind of just quiet and trying to compose himself. But he takes that little moment to, to grab the candy bar and give it to Gus and just have this little moment of, of, you know, nicety and gentleness with him. And that's when Gus makes that decision to, to tell him thanks. And that just stops Addy in his tracks. Cause he was not exper- expecting that at all. And I think it hit cause this is way more than he ever expected or bargained for mm-hmm. now realizing like there's something special about this kid. Cause then he's asking Johnny, like, where did this one come from? Where did, and then he has that story about, you know, are, are you superstitious at all? Because, you know, I, you know, it's something about his wife, you know, gave him this like statue of like the goddess of teaching or something when he was going through medical school and yeah. the form that goddess would take was like a red deer. And as he says that he's looking at Gus with kind of his strawberry blonde hair a little mm-hmm. bit. And you're like, Oh man. And wearing his red jacket, you know? And yes, yes. And it, it it does something to Addy where he was just like, I need more time with this one. This one is special. There's something, and I think he says that not necessarily in a scientific way, but more of like, I can't hurt this kid. There's something too. There's too much with this right now. Like he he could not cross that line with Gus. And so it's good that Gus was spared. i still really sad for uh, little chameleon lizard boy. That was still fucked up because I remember oh. seeing that kid in the sewers and stuff a few times. I like, oh, still hate that a lot. But uh,
1: I know, and we, and thankfully they spared uh, us, right? With how far that went. Um, but yeah, I feel like you know, and 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 I'll just you know, I, I know we've talked about it before, like how fucked up to think about performing experiments on these hybrid kids. Because they mm-hmm. do still look uh, so much like kids, right? Um, and then you've got like, especially like Gus, who can speak, um, and not that it's okay that, but I think I think that because they look so much like kids th- or humans, like they're some of them look a little bit more animalistic, some look a little bit more human, like Gus. Um, th- that's like the same as like performing human experiments, which right. is so twisted and so messed up. And, but still, even for me, because I'm against like animal testing, I I don't mm-hmm. like, and I'm not going to argue with anyone. So please don't write in about because <laughs> I'm just not going to listen. That's just what I I I believe in, and I don't like it. I realize that without it, we would not have as many advancements. Yada yada yada. I get it, but I don't like it, and I I very much try to steer myself away from products that that don't do any type of animal testing. So I, I disagree mm-hmm. with it highly, but anyway, even if that was something that you were okay with, you know, it might be easier to displace yourself a little bit. If you had like Bobby in front of you, mm-hmm. not that it's okay. I still don't think it's okay. And it would still be very right. hard and difficult, but it would probably be easier to like displace yourself, to disassociate yourself. I mean, is that's a better term um, that it's, it's an animal versus looking at someone like Gus who yeah. looks like a human being um, and you're performing, um, you know, an experiment or killing them or whatever through this method of whatever it is, this extraction that they're doing. Um, yeah. So that was hard <laughs> to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't imagine. Um, and and then, like, you know, Addie's a doctor. Their their first um, oath, Hippocratic oath is first do no harm. Right. So, I can't imagine how gut wrenching that must be for him in that moment. Anyway, yeah. I, that was my rant.'t <laughs> didn't yeah, I, didn't, I cool. didn't have a point or a purpose. I'm just <laughs> trying to think of like where no, his but, head I mean, space it ties is. in. To, I mean,
2: where my point is on that too is just like we see the anguish that that Addie is going through because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's being forced into this situation, and he knows how wrong and how despicable and how difficult this is. But like, he hasn't been given a choice. I mean, he has, I guess. If you want to go into the whole moral and ethical, like you know, pipe <laughs> go yeah. down that, It's like, well, he can still choose not to, but then it comes at the, you know, it, it comes at well, the sacrifice. sacrifice of, okay, his- but then him and his wife are going to die, and exactly, he's not willing to make that choice either.
1: Yep. <sighs> yeah. Not not an easy path that. They have Mm -hmm. found themselves on at all. Um, And it was sweet when Ronnie put up like the little Scrabble tiles Mm -hmm. that said us. Like she knew um, that he was on the other side of that and would probably see that, um, you know, just to, you know, as a probably a reminder for him, you know. Mm
2: -hmm. So (laughs) it's all for us. So kill those kids, Addie. Do it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Screw those kids
2: yeah <laughs> enter, enter michael jordan no um <laughs> yep yep <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. oh that's good
1: that's a good number four um well my number four since we're on the subject of hybrids let's talk about Jeopard's baby all um, right we taught we, we had speculated uh one of our it wasn't the last episode but i believe the one before that when we found out that he had like a wife or a girlfriend and that she mm-hmm. had been pregnant we were like oh if all this was happening around that same time frame could there possibly be um, a hybrid baby here in Jeopardy's past and mm-hmm. that was revealed and not just that but a big part of his mysterious past or past we didn't know a whole lot about Jeopardy, um and you know we, we find out you know Kind of why he's so much acted alone, and and the way that he's done things, and the way that he's chosen to carry himself, um, is a big reflection on what we saw here in this flashback. Um, so, as we mentioned, he we did find out he had a pregnant wife during the whole the the time of the sick. You know, hospitals are you know overwhelmed, and th- how scary would that be that you can't even show up with the wife in labor? you know, and they have like no room for you. They can't take you.
2: Um, yeah. So little, little nitpick on that stuff. But then I'm like, you know what? It's, it's fine. Cause it's a good story nonetheless, but I thought it was, kind yeah. of funny. it was like, they managed to get her to the doctor by just keep on going like, please, we don't have anywhere else to go. It's like very much like we don't have any room for you. You can't be here, please. We don't know what else to do. All right. There's plenty of room. Come on in. <laughs> okay. We'll take her. Okay.
1: Yeah. He didn't have to fight too hard. Um <laughs> to get her there but you know what are we what are we gonna do um so she she she, she's in labor and she has this excuse me hybrid baby and Mm -hmm. it really freaks him out you know that he's not allowed to go back there with her support her and be there with her while all that is going on um And, he, you know, and in the meantime, all the stuff on the news is going on, you know, and they're talking about hybrids. So we know hybrids are a thing and, you know, they're being hunted and and they're just kind of discarding them. And, you know, so that's just adding to, you know, his already existing like panic. Uh, And then when he is given the opportunity and, you know, the nurse is like very much not She's only giving like half answers. Like, is it one of them? <laughs> is it human?
2: Like, it's yeah. he's healthy. <laughs> he's healthy. Uh,
1: and I thought, oh boy, just you can tell by these mm-hmm. non-answers that she's given that yeah. he's this this baby is obviously going to be a hybrid baby, uh, and he freaks out. He he goes in to see his son and just absolutely freaks out. I thought it was pretty darn cute. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a little know. goat. Sheep. Yeah, was it like a little goat, goat baby, sheep baby, something like that? But he, I thought he was cute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he totally freaks out, and he he runs away he panics and runs away and then you know we already mentioned you know he ran into um Addie Dr. Singh at that yeah, time. It's,
2: it's a rough thing for him because you're like he's see he legitimately he's like just going to abandon his family over Oh my
1: gosh. I was um, totally judging in that moment. Freak
2: out. Yeah, like
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I I definitely was judging for sure and I'm like dude, come on, that is your wife. You know, you were devoted to her. You're just going to up and leave her. That is your son, hybrid or not. That is, you know, that baby is yours. Um, you're just going to abandon them to whatever fate, you know, um, you know, is going to happen. And I, I, you know, not that he's not allowed his moment of panic. I just, it, it ended up costing him because he had that panic. Goes down the elevator. Has that a brush with dr singh which i thought i was like oh well i feel like you know we were waiting on these storylines to kind of converge a little bit or at least somehow have some of these characters um you know kind of have their moment of passing or whatever and so we got that here with Jeopardy and, and dr singh not sure if they'll see each other again or not but um you know he kind of has that moment of clarity like oh yeah you know he comes to a senses comes back up and realizes that they've just then. He's too late. They were already uh, kidnapped. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, he doesn't know at this point, and we certainly don't know like today, like whatever happened to his wife. Um, and it makes more sense that when we meet his old friend Jimmy Jacobs, when he's like, "Oh gosh, you know, was it the sick?" and he's like, "They're just gone." And now yeah. we understand what that meant. Like he was like, "They're just gone." Like he doesn't know.
2: Yeah. Went really, back for them, and they're just gone. Somebody took them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I mean, there's a good chance his wife could have gotten this sick and and died because it did take a lot of lives. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know what happened with his hybrid child, but I mean,
2: he- there is like a, a goat boy in the sewers and in the holding cells and stuff at the end with the rest of the hybrids. Yeah, there is one in that group. I was like, hmm, hmm. could it be Jeff's yeah. kid, kid? I didn't, I didn't even mean to do that one, but um, no. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, Maybe. I mean, Wendy ended up there by some means. Mm-hmm. We, we we don't know. Um, but when mm-hmm. he said gone, I mean, that's I was like, oh, OK, well, that checks out because, yeah, he doesn't really know they were just gone. Um, so it makes kind of sense when you see some of the decisions that Jet makes, you know, later on when he's with Gus, um, you know, when he's it kind of explains some of those moments when he could have just left. Um, or like mm-hmm. attempted to leave, but he was kind of being pulled back, you know, to protect Gus. Um, it was, you know, I think that part of him that he didn't want to be responsible for the loss of another child, especially when he could have yeah. done something about it, you know. And it's, I mean, it was really heartbreaking, you know, to kind of see that um, what what Jeff was going going through, and when he confesses to Gus, you know, that he he wouldn't make that mistake twice and that he promises to stick by his side, you, you kind of see where all that comes from. And um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I really liked that. I liked that. I mean, it was heartbreaking for the whole backstory, but it, it endeared me, I think a little bit more to Jeopardy to kind of get that yeah. story and, um, you know, see, see what it was that happened to him in the past and kind of, it made sense. Some of the decisions that he made, you know, at, when we, he first met guests to where we are now. So I liked that.
2: Yeah where he's maybe afraid to get attached yeah, because he knows how things go. But then it kind of turns into a motivation of maybe in some part trying to make up for his mistakes of leaving his own hybrid son. And then by the time he decided, no, I I need to do this and face this that he was gone. And so he never got to know his own kid. And so it's kind of a way of facing and correcting that mistake by, by sticking it out and helping Gus and kind of, filling that relationship role with him exactly
1: yep so that was that was my number four um what is your number three
2: that was my number three exactly oh,
1: shit it. Yeah. <laughs> well it looks like this week i'm taking your points so yeah we're just
2: <laughs> lock in step it's all good uh, <laughs>
1: Do you have anything in addition to that you want to add to that? Any other notes or anything that we haven't talked about? Okay. That
2: pretty much covered Covered it. My entire point on that. So yeah, which is fine, which is great. Well,
1: okay. So, well, then what is your number two?
2: I always switch out. Uh, Yeah. um, Oh, sorry. No, it's then it's my
1: number three, right? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a day. It's been a day.
2: Unless your right, number so, three steals my number two. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna hope not. I'm gonna hope not. We're just gonna go for it though, and we'll just we'll keep talking about it like we always do. All right. Mm-hmm. So my number three, sorry, is jumping ahead a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the escape um, yeah. at the zoo. Uh, so when we last left them, the hybrid kids were Escaping under the city uh, in the sewers, Amy was staying behind. She was going to go all John Wick on their ass, which I totally mm-hmm. loved um, and seemed like she was going to make her last stand. Definitely seemed like a suicide mission. I mean, when you start seeing like it was like a flipping army, it wasn't just like a, a, a small platoon of guys or something. She had her work yeah. cut out for her. A um, literal
2: army to, yeah. to the zoo.
1: Yeah, not, not a good sight to see because you're like, how, you know, there's no way that she's going to survive this. Um, so the kids are escaping. They managed to get to this church um, thanks to this distraction that Amy had set up. Boy, did I love that. I really was hoping, I mean, the fireworks were fine, but <laughs> I was really hoping for like some bombs. I was like, tell me she right. somewhere read a book about how to make a bomb or something, you know, so. Um, But the fireworks were fine. It was enough to distract them. And it also made enough noise that the kids could, you know, kind of, if they made noise as they're escaping and getting in through the church, you know, it would Mm -hmm. help cover that. I thought that was really smart. So not only was it a distraction, but it also helped cover up any noise that the kids might make as they're trying to get through um, the sewers. Um, Mm
2: -hmm. Which the fireworks were kind of a callback a little bit. It was a small little scene, but earlier in the season when... Amy and Wendy were out about town looking for supplies and kind of going shopping, you know, uh, she picked up some fireworks and kind of looked at them. I was like, Oh yeah. And like kind of add, set those aside for the collection. And so now we see maybe that was kind of always a contingency plan was if I ever have to, you know, escape out of here in a blaze of glory, what better way than fireworks have like some kind of plan.
1: You're right. You're right. I forgot all about that. Um, well, they came in handy. Good thing she yeah. decided to pick some up. Um, so I thought that was really cool. I love that she got, you know, went up on on those last men and Abbott, who's such a prick. Um, mm-hmm. So that was satisfying for me that she was, like, courageous enough to stand up to them. I mean, and, and to the end there, you know, she still stuck up for herself and was still, like, giving shit right back to them. So I loved that. Um, I thought it was a good, strong... You know, empowerment moment. Um, but then, of course, the kids they get found and taken. Um, mm-hmm. So that sucked. Um, and then we see them later up. You know, we mentioned Gus was also taken. Um, where they all meet up because Gus was like, I just. You know, because they were like, well, where do we go from here? And, you know, now that he's had this whole realization is he's talking with Jeppard and he's like, well, I want to meet, you know, kids like me. And that makes sense, right? I mean, all kids just mm-hmm. want to be, he wants to be like other kids and he just wants to be a part of something and he knows that there's kids out there like him and he wants to meet them. So that was definitely, um, I mean, it was bittersweet because it was super sad, the circumstances that, of, of why they are right. where they are, but. I mean, that was a moment that definitely had me bawling like a baby. Oh,
2: yeah. Tear you know. moment for sure. Oh, um, man.
1: When Wendy oof. and all the kids come out and.
2: Yeah. But you can tell that Wendy's a little taken aback. She didn't expect him to talk back to her also. Uh, yeah.
1: Because like, she's the only one in her little group that can speak. Yeah, we hear yeah.
2: all those other hybrid kids. Bobby's got a couple of little words that he can throw out. He's got but, a uh, couple
1: <laughs> and he's growing on me. I'll,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'll give it y'all. I've, he's grown on me, I, which I feel like if I had enough exposure to him, he might grow on me a little bit and he has, I don't, you know, I'm not as scared of him. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's what I first saw him. I was, I was a little bit scared. I was like, Oh, I don't know what to think about this A mm-hmm. little, little um, overwhelmed with what's happening. Um, but he's grown on me, but you know, we hear them, they, they make, um, little noises and maybe it's like yeah. a little shorthand for them and that you can tell that they're signing too. Cause Wendy was signing yeah. with one of
2: yeah. them, which I thought was super cool. It's really? Um, cool. I hope they do that more in season two.
1: I hope they do too. I hope they do. I think that would be great. Um, and I think what a, a a clever way to communicate, to try and teach the, the kids that aren't able to speak, um, you know, a, a way to communicate. And so yeah. I, I really loved that, but w- it was a real bittersweet moment you know after guess had wished he had he could be around others like him um but just obviously not the best circumstances but i think it it it's th- that scene definitely is laying the groundwork for next season um mm-hmm. to continue the relationships that guess is is building and yeah. knowing that he is accepted by them he's not a freak to them they're all hybrid kids in one form um, so i i love that because he I, th- I know that family treated him pretty well, but I know at first like that one little boy was like, um, you know what that, when they were at that lodge, yeah. um, you know, they were like, oh, don't quite know how to take that. And, you know, guess is just like, uh, oh, I just am what I am, um, but he doesn't have to do that with them. You know, he's immediately accepted yeah. and it was definitely a special moment and definitely had me in tears, um, mm-hmm. you know, in that moment. So I, I loved that. So, um, I'm anxious to see what happens with them next, anxious to see what happens with Amy next. I know we'll probably talk a little bit more about like the end and where she ended up, but I loved her last stand, and I loved at least the kids all have each other, at least for the moment. So that was that was my number three. Awesome. Um what is your number two?
2: All right. My number two is The, uh, the events at the plane.
1: Oh, okay.
2: And yeah, it starts with, of course, Gus kind of just finding the plane that had been dropping the flyers for the preserve and stuff that we saw kind of in the first episode. Which I'm now like, it was like, I guess Amy was flying that plane. Cause it's kind yeah. of her running that thing. I don't know for that's sure. That's true.
1: Did she, hi- hi- did she hire someone to, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's not like today where you get like a skywriter, right. Or someone to hire mm-hmm. to drop things like that. Was she doing it herself? Yeah. That's interesting.
2: I guess she could, you know, she's a therapist that knows how to fly a plane. Okay, cool. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll keep preaching, but no, uh, <laughs> we'll go with it. Uh, But yeah, and then of course those flyers we see then it has like the radio frequency on how to contact them, which unfortunately Gus does. We are privy to the fact that uh, the Last Men have taken over the preserve, which now they have the radios. So ended up being quite a bad move in retrospect. But Gus had every good intention on that. Because I mean, like he said, even before Jep was there, I mean, that was his plan. I want to be with kids like me, and if mm-hmm. this is how I have to do it, then they'll come get me. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, it was just, oof, that whole scene. That's where I was really just the first time I was in tears. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, Jep shows up to Gus, and that's just where it's all the feels. Uh, because, I mean, it starts before we even see Jep. Gus is just standing there and goes, I'm not coming back with you. And then he, like, you know, he s- smells and senses Jep before we even see him. But mm-hmm.
0: then
2: Jep, instead of being kind of hot-headed, like, he is a lot through this series. Yeah. This was the moment where he stepped fully into dad mode. I You know, I talked about a couple weeks ago or whatever. hmm Where, I mean, he just comes in and he sits down next to Gus calmly brings him dog and he was just like you're gonna want to hold on to that If you would have lost that you'd regret it forever like he knows gus well enough and then they just have the best talk ever um yeah you know and a lot of it is just at first just talking to gus about what he's feeling and listening to him truly hearing him and that's the most important thing that Gus has needed is just somebody to understand him and listen to him. Mm-hmm. And that was <laughs> incredible. But then I have uh Jep's kind of after, you know, Gus is asking him about, you know, different things, you know, it's like, well, I have nobody and I have, you know, who I don't have a dad and I don't have this. So I have Jep's, back into this conversation written down mm-hmm. because I just wanted to go back through it and see if I can make it through, but no, uh, but it's good. <laughs> as, and, it, and it gets, you know, interspersed with the stuff we talked about earlier with Jep, you know, going back up, finding out that, you know, his wife and baby were gone and all that, you know, it's interspersed with that,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: this is what Jep is saying. So he says, you know, back when everything was falling apart, I had a little baby a lot like you. When I saw him, I had, no, I had no clue what to do with him. I didn't even know what he was. I mean, nobody knew what to think in those days. I mean, how could I be responsible for a little, I mean, so I wanted to run away too. And that's when Gus asked, well, what happened? He goes, oh, I thought about it. And I realized I was just scared. I wasn't afraid of him. I was afraid of me. I think that fear was love that I didn't know what to do with. But he needed me, so I stopped running. I turned around and I went back to get him him and his mom, but they were already gone. Someone had took them and I never saw them again. Mm. I hurt a lot of people, little man, usually on purpose, but sometimes I don't mean to hurt them. Sometimes I just make bad decisions, but you know what? I think you're one of the good ones. So don't make me lose you too. And that was when Uh, I just like, uh. (laughs) water works. Yep. (laughs) And then that's where he goes into that that full dad mode. Then is because like he really touches Gus with that. And then that's when he's like, "So what do we do? Whatever we want to do. Where do we go? Wherever we want to go.
1: Yeah, free. So I will.
2: It. I will teach you stuff. You can teach me stuff. We'll play that pass the ball game, and we'll make syrup and whatever you want. And it's just this whole play games and be together and just kind of be a family. And it was all really." heartwarming stuff because even like gus is just smiling and lighting up finally being like this is what i've been looking for yeah and then that's when he breaks he's like ah, but don't be mad at me but I, I did call the preserve because you know the stuff that i told you and that's when everything just goes tits up um yeah
1: you're like oh, <laughs> real bad no, um, gus, damn it
2: yes yeah because like i said we knew that the preserve had already been overtaken, so then the second he says, I called them and they're on their way, you're like, oh, no. Kid, you know exactly
1: that I, yeah. this is not going to end well.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's when we hear the gunshot, which, of course, was Oof. somebody like sharpshooting Jep from far away because then he drops and they pull up and
0: grab yeah, Guts and
2: pull him away. And, I mean, it's just such a visual an emotional visual of like the blood on Gus's hands as he's being dragged away and put in the cage. And it's kind of a metaphor in a way. It's like, well, you're the one that called them and (laughs) the blood is on your hands, but like, you can't blame him for it necessarily, but it's, it's a little tongue in cheek. It's there. Uh, Yeah. But I mean, the first time I watched this, Mm Mm-hmm was a lot to take in because I didn't know that he was going to, you know, be okay. And so, I mean, I somehow was ma- managing to be like livid in shock and a blubbering mess all at the same time. Like I was just ah. <laughs> short circuiting, just, ah, ah, ah. um, I know, that was a lot. I know uh, <laughs> a lot of
1: emotions.
2: Oh man. Like so many emotions. But...
1: I don't know. Oof. don't know these feelings. Um, it was, because- it was
2: rough, but luckily, yeah, we get Amy, even though she had left there, I guess she's still able to tune into that frequency. So she is able to show up later on. I mean, she's later than it would have been nice for her to be. You know, Gus is gone, but Jeff is there and she's able to pick him up and save him, which I could see some people maybe thinking it's a little cheesy that he's still alive. But I don't care at all because I need him alive. Gus needs him and I think I'd be just really pissed off if he was dead. Like I was I remember being like, Oh, thank God there's twenty more minutes. Cause I was like, if this episode ends with just Jeff dying and Gus being taken, then I was like ready for us to start this recording today. And me being like, So the finale conversation is cancelled because I'm mad. The end. Right. Um- <laughs>
1: that's it. That's that's the podcast. That's <laughs> where we're leaving it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i i was like oh my god they're really gonna do it i thought that was gonna be uh you know the stunner um yeah and i thought they were really gonna do that to us i thought oh we're gonna get this spar with this character um and have him taken away from gus and they were separated but you know it wasn't as permanent as what we initially thought yeah that was hard that was a mm-hmm. shocker moment for me really thought we lost him. Yeah. I get sucked in so easy. Sometimes I'm yeah. so gullible. Sometimes I got figure it figured uh, out. You could have just I'm like
2: seen me reacting to that the first time I watched it. It would have, it would have been gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the Same. jaw dropped and like, what, what, what? <laughs>
1: like- I swear, I... Not for every episode, but for so many episodes, especially when we were covering like Bly Manor or like Hill Mm -hmm. House, like doing those reaction, like live reaction, you know, videos. Um, Yeah, that would have been gold. This is definitely one of those that would have been like, (laughs) wait, what? And I'm just sitting there with like my mouth open, like what? I know even just like that gunshot stunned me. Like I know I physically like jumped, like, oh, shit, what was that? Um, Because it took me a minute. I was like, well. Mm-hmm. you know because it was that delayed reaction that he had so that took me a minute i'm like wait a minute what what no what the hell mm-hmm. um all kinds of moments yeah that was but it was such a beautiful touching scene between the two um they yeah. you know Jep finally got to the place that he had been struggling to get to with Gus, you know, and kind of taking on and accepting that father role and promising to stay with him. Um, Mm -hmm. And Gus being open to that after having all of this devastating news, you know, about his parentage and his origins of where he he's come from. Um, Really great moment. Great acting between the two. Yeah. Really good. Well, my number two We've talked about her a little bit, but, um, I went to, I had, a, I think a few other notes about Becky bear. Um, All right. again, I like that name, I like that name. Yeah. Um, but I, I liked, you know, her interaction with Judy as Judy was trying to kind of distract her, you know, with things that are going on and trying, you know, trying to talk to her about her past and how she ended up with the name bear, um, You know, and after seeing that stuffed animal is when Bear, you know, really kind of breaks down and finally does tell Judy about her parents and, you know, that she had previously lied, Uh, you know, like you had mentioned that they died of the sick and she had a hybrid little sister that was kidnapped and how helpless that she felt. Um, And that through that isolation is how she ended up meeting Tiger and creating a new family. And I think that's been quite a theme in the show is it's not so much the family that you're given or born with it's the family you make along the way right mm-hmm. and you know we've seen that with a lot of the characters and that was true for for bear too is you know she we don't really know what happened to her biological parents but she did have these foster adoptive parents um, who cared for her and you know she was part of a family and she lost them and then made a new family and then you know that didn't end well either. So since the time that she's been with Jeopardy and Gus, you know, she was only giving these half, half answers about herself and, um, you know, wouldn't really talk a lot about her future plans. Um, And then when she finally does open up, you know, um, about what happened to her, it's this pain that she carries around was so visible, um, you know, and the hope that perhaps one day she would be, you know, reunited with her, like little sister. Um, and then when we found out that, you know, the identity of her little sister was Wendy, you know, was, I think a way, you know, to kind of push us to a place, um, of how close they are to one another. Cause Wendy's Mm -hmm. right there, like in this, like whatever camp that they have, I feel like is really close to where they're at right now. Um,
2: yeah I think so, they're still at the zoo. I think they
1: look kinda... like they are at the zoo, right? so is that where they're yeah, they're, they're holding that's, that's their camp set up
2: because yeah they brought Addie and Ronnie over there to the zoo and
1: I thought so, but
2: I was like, well, Ronnie's like set up in like a little aviary cage or whatever that's or true little, like, that's true then, yeah, they
1: must be so that's yeah. something they're really close so it's like the little
2: like kennels that are kind of like under you know, in a basement or something somewhere mm. where they kind of hold certain i don't know how zoos work 100 percent on a lot of things but but yeah i mean there's all there's also like there's cages and like holding holding areas that are outside of like the main cages and like and you know uh things like that so i think that's where they have the kids is kind of in these little holding area
1: yeah so they're really close you know Mm -hmm. they just don't know it and you know wendy wouldn't even know becky or bear yeah everyone referred to her you know she was just a little baby um, but I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, bear will know her. I mean, that has to happen, right? We're, we're, we're going to oh, get yeah. a reunion, right? I feel, <laughs> <like> we, <laughs> I feel like we have to, um, and anyway, that's, that's my number two, just adding a little extra notes about what I had about bear and just seeing how she's evolved and, you know, this difference in her, um, that I saw, yeah. um, I really liked that um cool and the whole theme of the family and stuff so what is your number one
2: so my number one is kind of doing the same thing as uh taking a previous point and kind of adding a couple other things because my number one was the uh showdown at the zoo and kind of that night and what transpired and so we talked about a lot of that of course I had the joke of uh, Abbott going does the name Laika mean anything to you and I was like yeah yeah that's a awesome stop motion animation company. They're responsible for some really great movies. And oh, oh yeah. The space dog, that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love like studios. It was just like a random thing, which they're the ones they did. They've only done a handful of movies. Like Coraline, Paranorman, box trolls, Kubo and the two strings. And then, uh, the missing link.
1: Oh, cool. Cool. The movies
2: They've done so far. And I nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I hear Leica and I'm like, ooh, I love Leica Studios. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Abbott kind of talking through like the radio and then the speakers with Amy was interesting. And then obviously like he's there because he wants the hybrids to experiment on for a cure. But to what end? You know, Amy brings up some really good points in this conversation. She's pretty dead on. I mean, no matter what kind of scientific stuff started the whole thing, it's Right now, kind of the future. Like, I mean, does a cure stop hybrid babies from being born? Perhaps. Like, we don't we don't know what
0: mm-hmm. a cure
2: is going to do. Is it only going to be a cure for the sickness? Or what is the connection to the hybrids? You know, Judy says, Birdie says, they're two sides of the same coin. But in what ways? Because she said that's all she would tell me. Right. It's like, does a cure stop hybrid babies? Or no, uh, we don't know. Because mm-hmm. as of right now, killing hybrids is just killing the next generation. That's all that he's accomplishing. Exactly. Yep. And so yeah, Amy brings up that good point. It's just like, you know, you're a dinosaur. You know, you're we're, we're on our way out and the kids are the future.
1: I love and that. And
2: yeah, she was it's so great. Sassy. And I love her happy extinction sticky note whenever the last men come in.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> I liked it.
2: So yeah, it was it was great. But then uh I think The last note, other than, yeah, like them coming in and finding Bobby and then Wendy and then the rest of the kids in the church, of course they had to go and search the church. The kids didn't go that far away from, which I could think that was the plan was they went underground to get to the church and then wait for Amy to meet up with them there. And then they can kind of, you know, underground escape from that point, Mm -hmm. you know, but that was the only plan, which is good. I was like, okay, well, Amy's not expecting Wendy to take charge of this whole thing permanently. Like she does have a plan. Right. But it doesn't work out. And it's really sad when she when Amy does show up at the church just to realize that all mm. of the kids had been taken.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine. It
2: was, was rough. But I think it did help our timeline, finally, with this, like, season finale where Ugh. we're like, okay. So the raid on the zoo must have happened the night before Jeopardy was shot and Gus was taken. Because then the, all of the kids were, like, freshly there. Addie was getting ready for his first... You know, experiment and then they brought Gus in, and they're like, well, his, the last one in, first one to be experimented on, you know, just <laughs> take the new kid straight to the doctor. But yeah, so it seems that timeline's kind of working out where when the reservation was attacked or the pre- preserve was attacked was the night before Gus was taken. So things are lining up there. Yeah, and then I know Addie, we've had a lot of questions. Stuff about with Addie that. and Ronnie must have been like the day before that, and then they traveled and took them there.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, it was good to kind of finally see that. When I saw how it was all lining up, I was like, ah, oh, we're kind of getting some of those mm-hmm. answers about the timeline a little bit. because um, it it wasn't as clear yeah. um, until now. So like it. Okay. Is that all that you want to say about your number one?
2: Yeah, okay, that's all I had.
1: Cool, cool. Well, my number one, I want to talk a little bit about the team shuffle. Uh, That that we had what they gave us this episode was they decided to mix up the character teams Um, and we got a little bit of a fresh look um, at at this When Now we've got Wendy and Gus are now together. So that's exciting. Um, Amy and Jeopard uh, are now a team and they are bonded together like they've got a common bond um, to get their kids back uh, from the last men. Uh Bear is right now with this new, and I'm still very much uncertain about her, but she's with Judy. Uh, and we've got Abbott and Dr. Singh. And, you know, I... When we had the original pairings, when we had our, you know, our characters who were just kind of moseying along down this episode, you know, it seemed like they were on this one path and they might have some kind of semi happy ending. But of course, because this is a post-apocalyptic kind of show, we're not definitely going to have, you know, any, at least for now, we're not going to have a happy ending. If we get a happy ending eventually, um, it's not going to happen very quick. Um, And instead we got, um, you know, where we landed um, with everyone where now we see um, these different pairings and how that's going to then, you know, move the story forward. But also we're going to see some new, I think, character growth, Um, you know, now that you've got these new pairings, you know, like I said, with Amy and Jeopard, Wendy and Gus, um, Bear and Judy, you know, there's going to be some um, more growth versus what we had before, Um, so I'm interesting. I'm interested, sorry, to see how this, how these characters are going to mesh together and how they're going to get past these roadblocks that are in front of them, you know, as Mm we, uh, go into or get ready for season two, whenever the heck that, that comes up. So I'm excited. I was, I was excited to see, you know, how we're kind of mixing it up a little bit. I like that. It was like, oh, you know, kind of you throw up the cards and pair them up with, with a new set. So I'm excited. I think there's going to be, um, You know, to see how they all kind of play off of each other um, and work on their strengths and and their weaknesses and continue to grow. So,
2: yeah, be interesting. I do. Yeah, I like that, that it's kind of shaking things up for season two where we get different dynamics, different. Yes. Yeah. Stuff like that. That would be cool. Right.
1: Okay. Well, that was (laughs) that was a good top five. Good way to end the finale. (laughs) Um, Did you have any notes?
2: Of course. I've got a couple of (laughs) extra notes. Yeah. There's a lot that was going on. Um, Yeah. I'll just kind of go through, uh, of course, the opening of the episode with the hazmat guys. uh, Reese Darby. I knew it was him the second he opened his mouth. He's got a very recognizable voice. I was like, ah. Like the second he, what are you doing? Oh, it's Reese Darby. That's awesome. (laughs) We got him for just like this random little role. (laughs) That's funny. Um, and then the other guy, uh, let's see. How do I, uh, be, uh, carefully <laughs> not to get too political. Although honestly, it's not politics. It's just common sense. Uh, this dipshit met guy's. You know, kind of summing up and personifying a lot of our biggest problems with COVID and stuff right now. I was like, "Man, yeah, that's all I'll say about that." But yeah, like, mm, yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't too bothered by him getting hit by the car, honestly. Uh, yeah,
1: that wasn't too sad of a moment. Uh, that opener was. I, I just, I was like, when did they film this again? Right. Because <laughs> for real, I mean. <laughs>
2: Really, really tongue and cheek there. If, uh, the, yeah. Just
1: way too on the nose. It, it was very much like mm-hmm. so much of what we see. And I was just like, when did they film this? I feel like if this this could have been like one of the last things that they filmed with everything that's right. like going on in our world right now. It was, yeah. We we we've talked about it before in this um, series. You know where there's so many different moments that are you know, just feel like they're pulled from real life. And I know for right. some folks, it can be a little hard to enjoy the show when there's too much <laughs> of like these real life type situations that we're seeing every single day sprinkled in. it's uh-huh. like you want your, some people want their entertainment separate from like that because it's an escape. I'm that, I'm that way sometimes where I, I very much just want like, this is just my escape. I just want to be entertained. I don't want to, I want to turn off my brain. I don't want to be thinking about current events. I just want to escape for a little bit because the the world is, kind of shitty you know right now mm-hmm. so it yeah I, I laughed though i was like oh my god if they could have filmed this like today right
2: <laughs> exactly
1: yeah <laughs> so anyway i was totally yeah. interrupted but um or i inter- interrupted you so continue please
2: no that's fine yeah because that was what i just want to bring it up Is was like it was so wild to see that and be like oh my god sounds too <laughs> real it sounds like conversations i hear online way too much right now yeah i don't want to yeah and then we, we talked about Johnny a little bit earlier and the, the good guy, Johnny, I'm still like, you know, I had that note a couple of weeks ago and I'm, I'm still on that. Cause I was like, Johnny's the first person that Gus really kind of sees when he gets to the zoo. Mm-hmm. I want to call it preserve, but it's really not the preserve anymore. It is, uh, they are not preserving these kids at all. Um, no. so it's just the, the, the torture zoo now, uh, but yeah, when he gets there, Johnny's like the, you know, goes straight to Gus and is like kind of consoling him or at least giving him sort of a friendly face. You know, hey, bud, you know, like it, you know, just things will be, you know, not really be okay. But he's just like, you know, you'll be out of this cage soon and we'll, move, you know, just trying to give him some kind of positivity. And I was like, I, I see a lot of good in this guy. And I'm hoping next season he's going to be a force for like saving and freeing these kids. I'm so. really hoping for uh for a big, you know, one hell of an arc for Johnny next season. I need more of him. Like you said, they, they're they planning him in these little scenes for a reason, hopefully. Yeah. That, you know, and the things that he did, you know, him freeing Trixie the horse. And he's, the way he's that. He's got ex-
1: a heart. He's not completely heartless.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because even, you know, he's scared to death of Abbott, clearly. Mm, but with like, good But even reason. during that scene where where they've given the other kid uh to Addy and it kind of shows Johnny and Abbott watching and you can see Johnny is just so disturbed and not on board with everything that's going on here, but he's living in fear of Abbott right now where he's just like, I have to, I have to know my place. I have to just roll with the punches and do what I'm doing right now. But I can see an arc for him finally being a, a force for good.
1: I think it's definitely, um, probably a matter of survival for him.
2: I'm mm-hmm. sure I
1: don't think he, um, if I had to guess now, clearly we haven't had a lot of like time spent with him. I don't know his background or he could just be a complete asshole douchebag uh, opposite of of what he's, you know, what we've seen of him so far. But I would like right. to think that, um, you know, he completely abhors what he's having to do and be a part of. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I do think maybe he has something to do with how Wendy somehow got yeah. out, out of the clutches and was put there at the preserve and you know, because he, he's trying to do little things to right the wrongs um, that he's forced mm-hmm.
2: into. Yeah. I guess so I'm, I'm holding out a hope for, for good guy, Johnny. There's, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's and, okay. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, Amy was interesting again, cause yeah, she's with Jeff and you know, we're going to save our kids, but, We see what she's set back up in her office. She's made the full circle there. She's back where she started. Yeah. Uh, Which is interesting. Uh, Let's see. Random little thing. I want more Sloth Boy as a bigger character in season (laughs) two. Uh, Not exactly sure why, but out of like the quote unquote other hybrids, he's still my favorite for some reason. I don't know. I just see him. I'm like, oh, Sloth Kid. (laughs)
1: That's funny. Go get him. You know, he's slow.
2: He's yeah. <laughs> great. He's like uh,
1: halfway down the sewer. Still. Yeah, he's, he's coming. He's, he's coming. Just he'll he'll give be a here. He's <laughs> taking a break.
2: Uh, <clears throat> and then gosh. Birdie, a little bit. Just mentioned oh, you know, it. Yeah. When the, the satellite phone plan that Bears got going on, again, I'm not sure why, but I'm glad that she did because I guess she just kind of calls the last number it was connected to just to see what's going on with it, but it ends up being birdie. She's alive. She's at the research site set up in Alaska. Uh, I don't know why she's there, um, but I'm just assuming she's got some kind of plan. You know, she went looking for Richard and Gus and that didn't work out. So now she's in Alaska, but I, I did like, you know, before we even get the reveal of her face They show a little hint at first. I was like, even up there, she's still making a mean cup of cocoa. It looks like there's like this little cup of hot cocoa sitting next to the paperwork and stuff on the desk. And I was like, ah, I didn't catch it the first time. But since I knew exactly what was going on the second watch, I was like, there's the cocoa.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I could go for a good cup of cocoa right now. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So, yeah, I think that is all I had on other random notes
1: i love it i'm glad that you remembered to bring up birdie because um yeah another part of the cliffhanger you know there's so many open-ended um things left here with the story everyone you know um was left in a cliffhanger and um so many questions and then of course yeah reintroduced to birdie who looks like she's was what back in alaska still Mm -hmm. some research going on up there I don't know if anybody knows about that. Is she up there with a team of people? I'm guessing, um, maybe trying to figure know. out how to, I don't know what they're trying to figure out. I don't, can't make assumptions, but I'm guessing they're doing some kind of research. So yeah, <laughs> yeah exciting stuff. Can't wait for, um, season two, get some flipping answers already. Right. Uh, but alas, we move on. Um, well, I think that um oh, music. Do you have any music? I was about ready to wrap up into the next thing, but did you have any music for this yeah. week?
2: Yeah, sure. I was gonna see if you had any extra notes, but No, yeah, um, we covered all my
1: notes, so I'm good.
2: Cool, cool. Yeah, uh music. There wasn't a lot, uh no, just two. Not too but much. <laughs> Sort of two, if you to, want to take a little uh, liberties with. win. Uh, <laughs> first one, if you want to go with that, it was kind of the music box version. But hey, we got Fur Elise by Beethoven. Um, one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> I love that.
2: Yep. It's the, the music box that triggered the fireworks. But then the ending of the episode, the ending montage was Auld Lang Syne by Chris Bathgate, his version.
1: A little bit of a different version there.
2: Incredible. I mm-hmm. loved it. And so yeah, so that's all we got. But I was gonna go ahead and say, now that we've gone through all the episodes and I have talked about all the songs that we they you know used, I have officially made a playlist. So maybe we can link that when this comes out and absolutely and things. So I mean, it's just to my personal Spotify account, so you can look at all my playlists if you want. But <laughs> but I have a sweet tooth playlist that is just the songs from season one that I nice. got compiled. So
1: well, thank you for taking that time. Uh, an energy to look up the songs and get that information and then creating the playlist. I would be more than happy to link out to that for anyone that wants to like, cause there was a lot of great music in this um, series. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I w- I'd be happy to link that out for anyone that is interested in listening to that on on a playlist. Thank you, Pake for mm-hmm. doing that because I didn't. Uh, <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, that, I think that was pretty good coverage. Um, I don't typically have a lot of news, um, these days, um, when you're covering a Netflix show, all the news comes out like that first weekend and there just, there wasn't a whole lot. And that's just what happens normally when I'm covering, um, some of these shows, there's not always a lot of news, but there was a little bit of news that came out today and it's not, um, related to sweet tooth. Um, but we did get Finally, today, um, it was announced for Lock and Key Season 2. Now, we knew it was coming out in October, but we were not given a date until today. So if you haven't followed us on social media or any social media and and followed anything um, about Lock and Key, there was a teaser trailer released today. They did release um, that Lock and Key Season 2 will be available on Netflix on October 22nd.
2: Awesome. I'll be here before we know it.
1: <laughs> You're damn right. It will. Cause we're, we're going to be busy um, and it's yeah. going to be here. And then Dexter will be here. So a lot of, a lot of things going on, but it's nice to kind of finally get a date. I I had a feeling once they said that they were announcing or they were going to release a teaser trailer. I was like, that tells me that we're probably going to get a date, especially seeing as how we're creeping up on October. I mean, we're just a couple of yeah. weeks away from October again. How the hell did we get to October already? I man,
2: don't it's like somehow has been like the longest two years, but also going by fast at the same time, and I don't understand how that works, but
1: <laughs> I, I don't even remember having a summer. I don't know what the uh. hell happened to this year, um, <laughs> so you know, we're talking about fall already and coming up on Halloween, and I don't know how the hell we got here so so yes, mm-hmm. it will be here before we know it, and we are covering. Lock and Key season two. You know we did cover season one uh, when it mm-hmm. when it was out. We are also covering um, season two, so be looking for that if you're a fan of Lock and Key. Join us.
2: Yeah,
1: we welcome you. If you're new, go back and watch it. There's um, a great set of graphic novels. It's um, the source material for Lock and Key. They mm-hmm. are fantastic, um, they fantastically really are. written. The artwork is absolutely amazing. Um, highly recommend it. If um, if y'all haven't. Um, you know, read up on it or whatever. I think it's um, really great. I have them and I love them.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, that was one of my favorite
2: things I finally got to buy like last year was like, because I'd gone through all of them. Yeah. But to actually like finally get like the little like, special like box the set, the special with, like, box all set, of them and just like, ah, there it is. It was cool. Nice.
1: <laughs> that is special. That is special. That was a nice box set that they came out with. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. All right. Well, let's see what our listeners um, had to say about the finale episode of Sweet Tooth. Um, Can you take that first one for me?
2: All right. Well, this first one comes from our good friend and awesome listener, Lindsay Schlick. She says, man, this opening scene is so reminiscent of our current climate. I almost couldn't watch it from pure annoyance. I could happily watch that dude get plowed over by big man over (laughs) and over. (laughs) I'm right there with you, Lindsay. (laughs) She says, I also have a close friend battling cancer who was kicked out of the hospital early and another friend whose parents are battling COVID who were discharged too early, all because of the hospital overcrowding. So watching it on a TV show really re-pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, this story would have seemed impossible. And yet here we are. You're right. Mm-hmm. I liked all the little connections and reveals. Jep and Dr. Singh having met previously. Jep having a hybrid son. Wendy being Bear's long lost sister. Jep and Amy pairing up to presumably kick ass next season. And best of all, Bear finding birdie lots of setup for next season. All in all, I enjoyed this one despite Bobby. <laughs> 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 I even kind of gave up my hatred when he waved at Gus. LOL. <laughs> Can't wait to see where you guys head next. I started watching you just in case. Oh. Well, we will let you know that in just a little bit. What's going on.
1: <laughs> Hang on. We are almost there. <laughs> we do have an announcement. Um, thank you, Lindsay, um, as usual, we have some, um, uh, of the same thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. next one we have us from our friend, Donna Elizabeth. She has been a very loyal listener and contributor as well. Okay. She says, well, I'm so depressed now. Way to we- what a way to end this show. Yes, it's been renewed, but I wanted a more positive ending. Yes. Gus has found the kids like himself, but they're in a bad place. Yes. The doctor isn't using Gus for the cure, but other kids will be. Big man isn't dead. Thank goodness. I was very worried about that. How mm-hmm. does Amy actually know that he lost Gus? Did I forget that they met before or something? Sorry that I'm all over the place with this. I guess I'm just disappointed to be left hanging. I hope it all works out for them eventually. But with this show, who knows? Thanks for your podcast, Paken and Rima. It's been fun. Thanks. Well, don't leave us yet. Mm-hmm. We have yeah. <laughs> we, we're covering more stuff. Don't leave us. But yes, it's been oh, yeah. fun. Um, we're around. We are here, we are here. Um, yeah, I, I was, I'm kind of all over the place with you there too, Don. I mean, it was um, disappointing. We we were left on a cliffhanger, um, you know, but we we did get some answers. We got some revelations, which I think was good. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I totally get where you're at. I, I, I thought that too. How did Amy know that Gus was with with Jep?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. Other than, like I said, uh, I'm assuming that Amy has connect that's how she knew to show up at the plane and she is still listening into that frequency to the preserve. So I think it was just her kind of maybe just piecing it together, being like, well, Gus called. So I know that they went and got Gus and then this guy was here and they shot him. Cause obviously he was in the way. Okay. So
1: yeah, yeah. I guess that I don't would know. maybe way. she was
2: just making an assumption, but it was the right one. If that's what it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She could have maybe been on her way mm. to intercept like, yeah. Hey, you guys got to get the hell out of here. That's, you know, yeah. and maybe she was hiding somewhere and saw it all go down or something. Um
2: Yeah. Yeah. Even could have been that, but yeah, but I, I mean, I, I could see you're piecing things together. Like, okay, well the guy is here where the kid was calling from and he has this stuffed animal and like this other stuff. Like I think, he, you know, and if he was shot, then he would have been here with the kid, not trying to harm him.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Um, well, and I, I I want you to um, read Greg's, but I just want to say before um, you, you read that, just as a quick piece of where Greg is going with his feedback, because he did leave us a voice message, um, which we will mm-hmm. play, but he, he said that he had listened to... Um, our podcast from last week and he has some thoughts on things that we said. So this is kind of um, Greg's thoughts based on, I think some things that we had said. So just wanted to kind of put that out there. So someone's not like thinking this is really random kind of where we're (laughs)
0: like Greg's
1: saying, I thought it was really great (laughs) of some of the things that he had to say. So I thought it was worth um, reading.
2: Awesome. So (laughs) reading a, reading a message from Greg about previous stuff. And then I guess his voicemails on the finale. Yes. So Perfect. All right, so Greg Schwamm does say, I guess, about other stuff. He says, okay, so I wasn't able to watch episode 7 and 8 until last night, so my voicemail was a little raw. But after listening to last week's podcast, my thinking is that when Birdie was injecting each of the different microbes into the eggs and they released the virus or mutations, the virus infected people in general, some symptomatic and some asymptomatic. Thank you, COVID. Is at least I learned some new terms from the pandemic. <laughs> so everyone is infected. It just takes a longer period for some to show symptoms. So when the body becomes symptomatic it starts to shed tissue or cells which cause the purple flowers and develops into the sick. The body's imperative is to reproduce. So to protect protect the incoming life, mothers' bodies have changed the children into forms which are able to survive the infection. Their bodies are immune to the gestation of the virus and if the virus tests and if the virus tests that everyone is taking measured the gestated virus, then they are negative and don't have to be incinerated. This would also explain why the use of the serum developed with the genes of hybrids and administered to Ronnie would prevent her from becoming contagious and would slow down the gestation into the sick. In closing, the virus caused the hybrids, humans are doomed, and the Colonel General Abbott is dedicated to effectively the eradication of the human race. Also, the emotion in my voicemail still stands. This is bullshit <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's typed. That is um, how it's typed.
1: <laughs> and that is how it's going to stand. <laughs> <laughs> thought we were like in uh, the good place there for a second <laughs> right exactly that's where
2: i thought uh, yeah no that's good that's some really good thoughts about yeah. the science behind all of this stuff a little bit and it's really awesome that you kind of like dove into that and wanted to let us in on that because that is really yeah, it's, it's good thinking. It was
1: informative. A and lot of this is
2: being like, how, do, how does a lot of this work? So it's cool that you've thought about it and been like, well, it could be
1: that. Yeah, and I know we had a lot of questions about that on our last episode, too, was, you know, what's like, well, what started first? Was it, you know, I feel like we're still kind of confused. Was it the hybrids? Was it the sick? And um, how did her creating, you know, guests and injecting these microbes into this egg, how, you know, was that something good? did something else turn to shit because that's what she was talking about like oh it could be a really good thing it could be a bad thing um, but mm-hmm. this kind of i think helped explain a little bit of um you know of the possibilities i guess we don't know that but i think that your description that makes sense to me um mm-hmm. so thank you appreciate that um
2: yeah and now i'm really interested to hear this uh Emotional voicemail he's talking Uh, about. Me too. Emotion in the voicemail. (laughs) Me too.
1: And we're going to listen to it right now because um, Greg has um, honored us with a voice message this week. So let's see what Greg has to say.
0: No, 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 no. Do not make me feel things for these kids. (laughs) Just because don't give me some bullshit about fucking a feeling of family because Gus just got introduced to all these other hybrids and they you make my fucking heart swell up but then you fucking like they literally just traded this kid out so Mr. Gecko kid is being dissected as we fucking speak by somebody saying who's saying hey it's shocking what you can make yourself do when it's for love fuck you this is <laughs> fucking bullshit i'm just saying that there's no way that a military person leaves a mostly dead person on the ground without finishing them off I mean they've been in the apocalypse for 10 years now right so what the fuck do not fucking do this to me like dude do not fuck I can't even with this fucking show hi this is Greg uh the, it's good but fuck alright look forward to the podcast <laughs>
1: So, I don't think that he meant bullshirt in, in his feedback, whatever he was typing. <laughs> um, I see what you mean by raw, Greg. You had some yeah. emotions. You took us on quite an emotional journey there. Um, I appreciate um, that um, flood of emotion. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Love you, Greg.
2: Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything to add to what he said. I, usually I would you know, no, kind of, yeah, I'm said, just, Yeah. I got you, bud. I feel it. Thank you, mm-hmm. Greg, for your feedback on the Facebook page and also for sending us the voice message. So I at least want to thank you for that um, and contributing to the show. Yes. All right. So we did get another voice message also from our good friend, Steve. Let's see what he has to say this week.
0: Hello Strange Indeed, this is Steve, and this is for the finale of Season 1 of Sweet Tooth Big Man. I don't know how many times I'm going to be mic dropping in this episode, uh, but I haven't heard uh, the podcast for Episode 7 yet, but I'm so excited. I want to watch this one again. All right. <laughs> you get any idea what's in this? No. Exactly. Oh! sorry, sorry, man. Are you okay? And then he... Oh! Dang. Oh, big man. There he is. Now we kind of have confirmation that Gus was the first. Just to be clear about something that I I think I haven't mentioned yet is I I recognize that the last two episodes, we had no mic drop moment where they said the name of the episode. I didn't mention it before. I should have. Wow. Okay, this last man, they're a pretty big... Uh, organization. I, I don't know. Are we matching up timelines yet? I don't remember. Okay, this is a lot of fireworks, but really, how much damage can they do? It's really just distraction, right, for the the kids to get away. I think that little post it note said "Happy Extension," but I didn't pause it to see. Yep. Okay, this guy playing Abbott is just chilling. I mean, seriously, how many different pairs of sunglasses does he have? I mean, I've got, like, six <laughs> pairs of sunglasses. They're all Ray-Bans, because I'm a Ray-Ban guy. But, dude, this guy's got sunglasses. Aww. So, Amy made it out alive. She made it to the church, but all the kids are gone. Ah. Oh. So, his baby is a hybrid, but it's one we haven't seen yet. So, it's not Wendy. Oh. Uh. I love this, this exchange between um, Jeppard's and, and Gus th- about what they're going to do in the future, even though I know it's not going to work I out. Oh, he finally said it. Big man. That's the first I've heard it in the episode. After the gunshots, he said, big man, mic drop. So he was not talking to Preserve on the radio. Interesting. So Dr. Singh sees something in Gus that makes him different. Dang, that has to be Amy, right? Amy has to be the one that found uh, Big Man and Dog. Or maybe it's Birdie. I don't know. I'm so, like, wow. Nice. Amy made it out, and she's got some badass thoughts. All right. Can't wait to hear you guys talk about this one. I'm sorry I went long.
2: No, that was great. No apologies. Great. Always love a live, Steve. Always. Ride along on the journey.
1: <laughs> journey it is. A lot of great thoughts there, Steve. Thank you for sharing that with us, as always, and mm-hmm. for um, being faithful to the show. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, um, for contributing contributing feedback for Sweet Tooth. Um, it's been... a a great time covering it. I wasn't, you know, I'll be honest when you had said, Hey, pay or pay," when you was like, Hey, let's, let's cover sweet tooth. And I was like, okay, I had a little bit of uncertainty, (laughs) but I'm so glad, um, you know, starting that first episode, Mm -hmm. this has been a really great journey and a lot of fun and a great story. You did good. (laughs) Did good. My friend, good choice. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate everyone who's had, um, shared their thoughts and opinions, um, on the show with us each week. So, Thank you, as always. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, guys. So let's talk about what's next on Strange Indeed. Um, So we had talked last week. um, If you weren't following our social media and didn't see our posts, um, and maybe you were just listening to us. um, And if you wanted to have an opportunity to vote on what we cover next, because... um, there's a whole shit ton of shows coming out at the same time. And we are only two people. We have lives and, um, you know, busy schedules. So we had to kind of pare it down. I I don't like doing that. I wish I could do everything. I wish I could clone myself and do everything, but I can't. Mm -hmm. Um, And because I'm a big weenie and didn't want to make the decision, I left it to you guys (laughs) to decide. (laughs) So we are for sure, as I mentioned, covering Lock and Key, which, as I mentioned, is um, being released on Netflix on October 22nd. So you can start enjoying that coverage with myself and Pake. And Jason will be joining me um, again or joining us again as he covered that first season with me um, the last time. So we are for sure doing that. But the decision was then left to you guys as to whether we would cover um, the new Mike Flanagan show, Midnight Mass, um, which comes out September 24th. Or would we cover season three of You, which comes out, um, shoot, October something. It's it's October as well. I don't have the exact date in front of me. I'm sorry. Um, too many dates and too many shows. But anyway. Everything converging together. Um, We put out a vote. You guys voted. Voting has ended because we are now announcing which one we are covering. The winner um, by five votes um, is Midnight Mass. (laughs) So that is what we are covering Um, next. Midnight Mass and Lock and Key um, will be covered around the same time. There's going to be a little bit of overlap there. So... Midnight Mass is the new supernatural horror show from none other than Mike Flanagan, which clearly we are huge fans. Um Haunting of Hill House, Bly Manor, Um Dr. Sleep. I mean, we've we're big fans of his around here. Um yes. so it it was um, you know, a hard decision, but um I'm really excited to cover this. So the cast uh in um, Midnight Mass is gonna feature Zach Guilford, which I'm a huge fan of, of his. I don't know if <laughs> everyone knows who Zach Guilford is. For me, um, Zach Guilford will always be Matt Saracen on Friday Night Lights. Thank you. Thank you. Love him. <laughs> um, so he is a lead on the show along with Kate Siegel. And we love Kate of Siegel, of course, we're not gonna have anything from Mike Flanagan right without his wife um in a in a role <laughs> in some form, so yeah, Kate Siegel, if everyone remembers, was in um Hill House and Bly Manor um and then uh Hamish Linklater, so there was a show Jason and I covered called Legion uh when it was on it was uh three seasons, and he was in that show, had a supporting role, and he is just fantastic fantastic actor just absolutely fell in love with him um, on legion so i'm really excited to see him in this show as well there's also mm-hmm. annabeth gish raul cooley um cooley i'm sorry um yeah. and he was in bly manor oh my god did yeah, we love him our
2: favorite pun daddy did we love him or what <laughs> <was> so good <laughs> so good
1: and henry thomas is also so we've got yes. some you know mike flanagan our like, good a- friend
2: Good, close, personal friend, Henry Thomas, right? Our
1: good, close, personal friend.
2: <laughs> We're extremely
1: close with Henry Thomas. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of folks returning from some of the other works now. Keep in mind, Midnight Mass is not related in that universe of Hill House or Bly Manor. Um, we just have some of the same actors um, from those shows. So... The series is centered around an isolated island community that experiences supernatural events after the arrival of a mysterious priest. That is all I'm putting out there. There is um, a teaser out there if you want to watch the teaser there's some great articles out there um if you are curious and want to learn a little bit more i'm holding back i want to be a little bit more surprised and kind of go into this um without too much knowledge um but the series as i mentioned is scheduled to be released on netflix on september 24th 2021 so
2: i can't wait i know i mean it's mike flanagan it's going to be terrifying it is going to be just horrifying and i'm so excited
1: and you know i mean there i know a lot of folks were pretty passionate about you know they didn't just vote like they were giving their reasoning behind their votes (laughs) and there was some very passionate answers for you season three um or against midnight mass or vice versa and you know i'm i'm kind of you know um I like that we're going to do this for October. I know lock and key is kind of can be a little dark and spooky, but nothing scares the hell out of me like Mike Flanagan. And in October, I want to be scared. And I feel like Mike Flanagan is going to bring it. I really feel like, um, we're going to get Mm -hmm. some, some, maybe some disturbing things, maybe some dark and twisty, some scary things. I'm ready to be scared. So I'm excited to be covering this in October.
2: And then for those of you who voted for you and are big fans of that, don't be discouraged because we promise it is still very high on the agenda once we get done with these other shows that have just kind of have to take priority right now as everything is dropping. But you will definitely, as soon as we get through this stuff, it is right there next in line on the agenda. We will still cover that for you soon. Do not worry.
1: Yes. It's not not <laughs> going to get covered. We will cover it. I can't tell you exactly when. At this moment, but we will definitely because I love that freaking show. God, I was obsessed um, from the beginning. So I'm definitely we're we're definitely doing it. Um, I just don't have a date. So here's what here's what it's looking like for anyone who's confused because I'm still confused. I've got a (laughs) have got a spreadsheet devoted to this so I can keep everything straight. Um, (laughs) We're covering September 24th. Starting then we're covering Midnight Mass that will then lead into an overlap with lock and key season two. That is then going to take us into, we will still be covering lock and key when the uh, Dexter revival comes out October 9th or the 7th,
2: November, November, November.
1: I say October. I'm stuck in October. Everything's in freaking October. I'm sorry. November Mm -hmm. 7th Dexter revival comes out and we are also covering that. I, I've, I, I'm, I'm, I don't care what I have to do. I'll sell my soul if I have to to make sure that I get that covered too, along with everything else. Yes,
2: we. I'm along with you. I'm a huge fan of the original series Dexter. Maybe not the way it ended. Um, I think any real fan probably understands that, uh, and so it's good that we're getting this revival to maybe fix some of those things. I'm hoping there's a course but I'm correction. I'm really Excited to To see how this goes, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm hoping there's a course correction to that. Um, I have faith because I know that also Michael C. Hall was not pleased, um, mm-hmm. you know, with how it ended, and it's really exciting because you've got the original showrunner who gave us some of those great seasons. He's back, yeah, and I'm I'm excited. I'm hearing a lot of positive things. I no spoilers, but. Um, I'm hearing some really good positive things coming out of that and I'm super super excited. I mean I was absolutely obsessed yeah. with Dexter in the day. Um, so mm-hmm. get your rewatches started if you have either your first watch or get your rewatch going um, for Dexter mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it before, then it's a good time to pick it up and, and uh, start watching it because um, I'm sure that you know everything that happened in um, previously is going to be talked about in the revival and we're going to talk about
2: it. Um, Oh, yeah. So So I'll need to make sure to rewatch everything before we get to that. Yeah. If you got a little time.
1: Yeah. And I feel like you you should have, whether it's your first time watching or if it's if you're going to do a rewatch, you need to have that history because we are going to talk about it. It's going to be kind of spoiler filled as far as everything that happened in those previous seasons prior to the revival. Good and the bad. (laughs) We're going to talk about it. (laughs) So anyway, that's what it looks like for now. Midnight Mass, Lock and Key, Dexter. Um and then depending on what comes after that if anything we will cover you will be um somewhere after that mm-hmm. so yeah we'll do it so anyway thank you for everyone that take to, or took the time to vote um you know like i said you, you guys kind of took that decision out of our hands which i appreciate because i i was really struggling with how to make that decision so thanks to everyone um, well, we are excited that you followed us to Yellowstone, and we ask that you also follow us on Twitter at Strangetecast.
2: You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash StrangerTcast.
1: You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com, and you can also find us on the TV Time app.
2: You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts.
1: And speaking of great podcasts, be sure to check out Paik and Daphne on their podcast called Run For Your Lives. And yes, you guys are coming back,
2: right? We are back this week. So uh, depending on when you're listening to this, then uh, the Run For Your Lives episode will be dropping Friday. So if it is before Friday, it's coming soon. If it's on Friday or after, go check it out. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I think I mentioned last week, we are starting Season 3 of Run For Your Lives with the Tomorrow War. Woohoo! But we also have some really fun stuff. I'll give some little teases. Um, Also, on the agenda, we have our first double dip, is kind of what I was calling it, where we have two versions of the same movie, you know, one, like the original, and then like a remake. Oh, nice. And we kind of cover them back to back in two different episodes to kind of compare and contrast and talk about those. I'm not going to tell you what those are right now, but nice those. and then we also have another first time we're covering a tv series we're covering a season of a tv show in one episode and we will have our great friend who you heard his emotional awesome voicemail earlier greg on that episode with us so there's Yay, some good greg. stuff coming.
1: that's sure. awesome that'll be great <laughs> how fun
2: so yeah lots of good stuff coming In this season, we're doing some new stuff, and I'm excited.
1: Well, that's fun. Mix it up a little bit. It's always fun to make some changes, get out of the routine a little bit. Well, that's Mm -hmm. exciting. Thanks for that tease. Be sure to check them out, guys.
2: Yep. Well, All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone.
1: Until next time, I'm Rima. I'm Paige. And Lisa Knight-Herald is strange indeed.
2: Perfect.